0: Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'll be showing you how average, everyday people have chosen to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope this podcast will allow you to feel a connection with people who have something in common with you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Hello podcast listeners. My guest today is Greg Van Bergen who is chatting with us from Australia. So welcome Greg. Good morning. And I want to start with your love for musical theatre. Where did that come from and when did it start?
1: Uh, It started probably when I would have been about four or five when I first saw the movie Grease with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. Um, I was a big Olivia Newton-John fan as a kid. My first uh, cassette tape that I bought was Olivia and John's physical and followed into Xanadu and Greece. So that would have been my first experience in musical theatre. And then through my um, younger school years, I got involved in more musical productions and then leading into adulthood, went into the the amateur musical theatre world and always wanted to be a singer. So a lot of my backstory has a a big central point towards uh, singing and eventually ended up starting a a business um, helping other singers achieve I guess um, their vocal goals and that's kind of where um, I'm at at this moment.
0: Yeah I love that and you know it's funny because I loved Grease too and I'm the oldest of three and I remember when my Mm -hmm. sister started watching Grease she was like maybe seven or eight and I remember parent, like people were giving my parents a hard time. They're like, oh my God, how can you let your kid watch that movie? And <laughs> it's so funny when you think about what kids watch yes, every I know. Day, you know?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I don't think my parents ever um, had that thought. Um, I think that just, most of the time just let me do what I wanted to do. I pretty much st- stuck to myself um, as a child. Very obsessed with music, as I was saying. So oftentimes I'd go out Um, as a young kid on the swing set with my um, Sony Walkman and my cassette tape in there. And I would swing for hours and hours, just listening to music, mouthing the words, imagining I I was on stage performing. And um, yeah, I could lose myself in music. Ah.
0: I love it. I love it. I was the same way. I think I was telling you I'm a dancer. And so I would be the same way. I was always dancing around the house, always dancing at recess. And then my mom was like, do you want to take lessons? I was like, yes. Yeah, (laughs) I totally resonate with that so, so much. So now were your parents really supportive of like you being into theater and that sort of thing growing up and as you got older?
1: Yes, certainly. Um, I was one of four children. I was the third in line. And my, even though my older brother and sister and younger brother did listen to music. It, it seemed to be my thing. It was the, the thing that um, I got very excited about. So I think they were happy to, for me to do what I want in, in, in that aspect. They were very, um, as parents, um, helped us become very independent. We got, earned our own money. We caught buses to school. We travelled wherever we wanted to go. And I think that's probably one of the best things that... Um, I got from my childhood is um that independence and that drive to just if I wanted to do something to go out and achieve it myself, I, I think.
0: That's great. Cause there's so many people that unfortunately don't have that. And so the fact that your parents encouraged that for all four of you is huge, which it's it says a lot that like you started going into what you loved at five years old, that you're doing that, <laughs> yes. you're old, right? Like that's how it is. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. And um, I do look back and I, I sort of find it funny that I, because um, there's, I mean, there's been a whole bunch of studies um, in, in the past about um, what um, kids find, what they're, they're interested in at around seven or eight and whether they, and how often they take that on board in their, their future life. So it's quite funny looking back and realising that's exactly what I did without <laughs> intending to, to to do it.
0: Yeah, I love it. Now, as you, you know, got after high school or if you went to college after that, did you consider like con- continue going into that music career was that something you started right away at 18 or 22?
1: At first I thought that's what I wanted, so I um, like I was saying before auditioning for Michael Musical Theater and I was heavily involved in that. I'd be doing two or three shows a, a year and I'd do that back to back for about 10 years. And during that process is when I began to start my own singing business. So I thought, oh, I'm reasonably good at singing. Um, I'll just start my own business and and um, surely I can do this. And it, it didn't take very long to realize that um, I needed a few more skills as a teacher um, to to be a, a, a senior teacher and to be able to help other people um, because ultimately what works for me doesn't work for everybody. So um, I started to explore really deeply how the voice actually works and the mechanics behind it. And I kind of ended up being drawn into to that world more. So as I got further into the world of understanding how people work and how voice works, then the musical theatre side and the performing side dropped off a, a, a little bit at a, at a time. And now pretty much my full-time work is working with people, um, which I, I love.
0: Yeah. So what did you, when you were working with your students, what ages were they? Were they kids or adults? And what level uh, of singing were they at? Were they brand new and wanted to learn or they were competitive or professional and wanted to improve?
1: Especially in the beginning, it was more people in just my local area who wanted they might might have um, received a flyer in the mail or looked at the the local paper. This is before I had anything up on Google. It didn't really, it wasn't really a thing. back then to, to search for, for that. So it was more young teens through to a couple of adults that I, that I started and and that ended up growing. And as um, the internet and social media ended up being um, more prevalent in the industry, that's where I found that I was more gearing towards singer songwriters and which is mainly the 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 area that I look at now to help singer-songwriters achieve the types of sounds that they want to make um, for their songs. So I'm not one of the, I don't re- really want to be a singing teacher who um, says this is the way to do it. This is how you should do it. And my way is the only way. So I'd like them to understand how they're using their voices and to be their own artists. Cause that's ultimately what I think um, most people want to be, Though they have an idea of what they would like in their lives and, I find it really exciting to help people achieve uh, that.
0: What do you find is the most challenging thing for people when they're trying to find their voice, either literally or figuratively?
1: (laughs) Very good. I was actually just um, joking about that that exact saying um, about the um, literally and figuratively, because it's ultimately kind of what I do with both my areas of work. Um, I, I think, a lot of people start coming to singing lessons, especially early on, especially when they're beginning. Is that they don't know where to start. Someone's told them you should get singing lessons. You're a good singer, and they'll often come to singing lessons and um and hopefully, as we go through it, we understand how the instrument works and then start to explore what is it that they they're after. I find that some people like to really be guided in what they want, and some people just want the information and how to. To, to do it, so it very much varies, um, especially now working in more of the the adult area of voice training. It, it's certainly more geared towards what they're after out of themselves more than um, what um, they should be doing. Um, you know, I think I can't think of the word, but in a just a general sense.
0: And now as you started doing this, you know, you decided you wanted to do the GVB project. So talk about what that is and what that transition (laughs) was from the singing to what that kind of coaching program is now.
1: Okay. I'm going to end up going all the way back to um, being back in school and see if I can fill in the gap of sort of 25 years. Yeah. That's
0: what we want to hear. The good stuff.
1: Yeah, certainly. So, um, like I said, just grew up in a, um, everyday middle-class Melbourne suburbs family, and went through primary school, high school, had girlfriends in high school, um, was doing the things that I wanted to do. I, at the same time, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do for a career at the time, so I was just choosing subjects that I liked. Um, strangely enough, music wasn't one of them, <laughs> um, which is um, very interesting. But um, met my... Um, at, at the time, my wife at school, and we got married a few years after finishing high school. And then, yeah, we were married for 11 years. We have two beautiful boys um, who are now nine and 11 years old. And during that time, we were married as, as well as running my singing business. I sort of discovered that i don't know how to even use use words but um in 11 years into the marriage i came out as gay and um essentially ended the marriage and changed my entire life and um that was a that was a big step in there also um while i was doing that i was also a very heavy drinker um and Looking back, maybe that was related to to that. I'm not sure exactly how that happened, but that was a gradual step too. So not only did I end my marriage, um, I was starting to develop quite a big drinking problem uh, uh, along the way. And I think one of the biggest uh, releases for me was eventually Coming out, um, it, even though the world around me essentially was was crumbling i didn 't know where I was going <laughs> to live, um, the job that I was doing with my business wasn 't really able to support myself on its own and um, but at the same time, I felt like it was the the best thing I had ever done, and that started this ball rolling to really discover who I was because up until then I was kind of trying to be somebody that I wasn't and I was getting really good at and maybe that's the musical theatre and the acting side of it so that was the the first initial point in my life where I thought oh, now's my chance to be who I want to be so I ended up at that same time maybe it was the universe got a teaching job at a secondary school which I still work at and was able to support myself and my children and moved into to my first, um, I guess, uh, unit. And what was really interesting about that, it was the very first time I'd ever lived by myself was I was um, 33 years old and I'd never lived on my own before. And there was a lot of times where I didn't know what to do. I got bored. Um, and so at that point I ended up drinking more. And it wasn't until sort of four or five years later that um, where I met my fiance, uh, my fiance now, um, his name is Chris. And I decided that I didn't want that drinking side in my life anymore. And so <laughs> as simple as it sounds, um, it certainly wasn't that I just decided to stop drinking um, one day. And that was about two years ago, almost two years ago. And that was hard. That was ridiculously hard. Um, It turns out that there's a lot of hours in the evening (laughs) that um, when I quit alcohol that I had to fill. So I started um, in the first few days doing jigsaw puzzles. And I I remember thinking, um, what was the words I was thinking? Uh, oh my God, this is what my life is going to be like now. I'm just going to be sitting here doing jigsaw puzzles to fill my time. <laughs> and I, thought, oh, I don't know if I really, really want that. Um, so I was, oh, how else can I fill my time? So I started taking up ukulele and I really enjoyed that. And I still play it um, now. And then from there, delved into fitness a little bit, started running every day and I lost a whole bunch of weight and A year into that, so we're talking about a year ago now, I wanted more from my work. And I thought, um, what I'm doing now isn't giving me enough. enough." I found I had all this energy and all this excitement for life that I could never have foreseen um, before. I, I think when you are um, uh, trying to decide whether you 're going to make a big change in your life you can 't really see no matter how much you put the pros and cons together you can 't really see what's going to happen on the other side until you do it and I was astounded with um, how my life had changed with one coming out and then eventually quitting alcohol altogether. so from that point, I went on a journey to discover how I wanted to continue putting me. Out in the world, up until then, I really avoided putting much out on social media or just letting people into my life and decided to seek a coach at at that point. And what came out of that was um, lots of deep diving into values and passions. And what stemmed from that would be what's known as the GVB project um, now.
0: Well, thank you, first of all, for sharing that and being vulnerable, because mm-hmm. I know that's hard. And uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, I think it's it's interesting because I feel like that's a very common feeling that people have, where they feel like they're putting on an act, um, whether it's, you know, they're feeling something like you did, where they're like, okay, I, I'm gay and, and I don't feel comfortable in this relationship, or I have to put on this act that my parents think that I should live this life, or I have to do this job. How long were you feeling that, feeling like you were putting on an act? And at what point were you like, I can't do this anymore? Do you remember that <laughs> feeling?
1: <laughs> um, I think that putting on an act was, has always been there, maybe through my childhood and even in, in my marriage. But there was one defining um, moment um, about three months before I actually came out where um, I think it was season two, maybe season one of Glee was on TV and my um, wife at the time was doing work on a computer. Glee was on TV and I was sitting there with a glass of wine and Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff um, were singing the song Hello, the Lionel Richie song Hello. And I remember just I had the the, the biggest crush in that instant at that moment on Jonathan Groff, which I giggle at. Um, all all the time, but I remembered watching that whole song and just staring and and, and staring and was completely captivated at that moment. And it wasn't until the end of the the song where I realized I was just staring and I quickly looked over um, to my wife to make sure she wasn't looking at me. And I realized at that point that um, something has to change. (laughs) It it, it can't keep going on like this. so, um, I, I sort of giggle at that moment, but um, yeah. that, that, that was that defining that defining moment where I thought, oh my God, I've been caught out. I've messed up um, and it was fearful. And I thought, no, I can't keep going on like this. What is this existence going to be like in the future? Yeah.
0: And it's so funny that that was like glee, because it, it goes back to like <laughs> who you are as a person, right? Like who you are. I know. It's <laughs> the same thing. Now, yeah, Right, when you finally admitted that to yourself and and to your spouse at the time, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's, you know, it's shock and it's it's scariness and it's fear, but that moment of like, ah, like you just kind of feel like I can get, I get to be myself. Like, where's that, like, what would, just describe that feeling, what was that like, of feeling like, just okay, like this is who I am and I'm okay with it?
1: Uh, The biggest weight um, had lifted on my shoulders. I didn't know what I was going to do. Was, I think I, I just went into it was like, you know what? Just do it and it'll it'll work itself out. We'll, we'll I'll get through it somehow. Um, but it was it was exciting because I had been building up to it and once it happened it it, it was almost like the the um I'm using imagery but the the clouds had parted and the sun was shining through and Probably for once in my life that I had told somebody this, like a secret that I hadn't told anyone. I was too scared to tell anyone, just in case. Um, maybe at the point, I didn't know whether it's actually what I wanted at the at the time. But um, it was it was the biggest release that I had ever felt. It was lovely.
0: I love that. And you know what's so cool is. Um looking at your social media, I noticed you add like little hearts on your picture. Yep. And I love that because like, I don't know, it's like these kind of like little cartoon drawn hearts. And then there's a lot of images that have like this light shining through. Is that on mm. purpose? Cause it, as you're talking about this, it feel like I feel that from your pictures online.
1: Yeah, certainly the the, the little character that is beaming out the the hearts is, is, I guess kind of my inner soul being, I guess, um, I guess manifested in, in, in a picture just to, to show that um, what I put out in, in the world is very valuable. I mean, there's an awesome quote um, by um, Martha Graham um, that says, um, there's a, there is a vitality, a life force and energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique, and if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium, and it will be lost. The world would not have it. And I think that that's probably the one quote, or really how I live my life. So I think all in my social media, it, it's about putting me out in there, and that is what I have to offer the world. And that is why I ended up starting the GBB project because it's it's ultimately me that is what. Um, shines that light and for others to possibly be able to make some changes with theirs.
0: I love that. That's so beautiful. And because it's a dance quote, I got excited, but I (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So now, you know, I think, you know, now you've got this weight lifted off at this point in your life. You know, I think Mm -hmm. the challenge for most people is what do I do next? Like, what the heck do (laughs) I do next? So like, what was the next step? I mean, obviously, you know, you're dealing with divorce and all of those things, but for you personally, was the next step like, okay, just living on my own? Like, what does that feel like? Like, how did you kind of get through all of those things? Like, what were some of the first steps that you took?
1: Ah, uh, well, some of the first steps was just, I guess, just doing it at, at first. I mean, I was dating through that process. So that was a new, exciting experience in itself. Um, also, awful experience in itself, <laughs> especially dating for the first time um, as a 34, 35 um, your old is a very different world, and even since then it 's a very different world with um, a, a lot of the apps that even weren't around five six years ago um, but uh, where am I going with this so I think um, it it was all exciting, but it wasn 't really fulfilling um, at the at the time and so why a year ago I ended up seeking a coach is because i' I really wanted to. I wasn't even sure at the time whether I wanted to be a scene teacher anymore. So I was a bit lost because um, I had all this energy that felt like it wasn't at the point at that time going anywhere. So I ended up finding a, a coach, her name was Avery, who was awesome. And one of the, and this is how the GVB project ended up coming about, is we did a, a meditation exercise where um, she asked me to close my eyes and t- took me back. Um, to my childhood, and and, and basically get to uh, me at my age, meeting a nine-year-old Greg, and and this nine-year-old Greg was to give me a gift, and the gift that the first thing that popped into my head was a stick. That was the only thing I could think of um, at at the the time, um, and then being transported from me holding the stick, transported into the future, to. Talk to a Greg um, that's 15 years from now and and meeting him where he lives, what was he doing and then he gave me a gift and he gave me a book and I thought it was quite interesting that the, um, I guess the, the, the books being paper are made from sticks and trees and, and, and things like that anyway but the front of the book said the GVB project and I never was able to get that out of my head so I I guess one day I'm going to be writing a book Um, but I thought okay so what is the the GVB project so ultimately I guess for me my GVB project is where I'm at now it's it's wanting to to help people overcome some big challenges or even little challenges getting to know themselves looking at their values their passions and really living every day um, in in the now. And it, it sounds easy, but it's certainly uh, not the easiest thing to um, to, to do. And so um, what I like about the GVB project is the concept is the idea that we all are born in, the, in this life as if we're um, at school and we have be given a project that we have to do, which is our life. So it's a big poster card with it, mine would be called the GVB project for instance yours would be the um, KR project and we kind of have to go through life and stick what we've either achieved or are doing or what our legacy is or our purpose is in life on this project and partly mine is to like we were saying before to help people find their voice um, figuratively or literally and what i want to do is help people find their project what is it that their legacy or their purpose is so when they get to a point where they can review back on it if we're lucky enough to get to that point where we're allowed to review back on our lives have we set out um what we either wanted to do or or the idea that um or the the purpose or the legacy that we leave behind for other people because it's essentially what we put out into the world is what other people get to experience, even though it feels like we're talking about ourselves, it's it's certainly more about how other people get to experience life because of your existence. And I I just I, I just love that idea. So putting that together as a I guess as a business model or something that can actually help people has probably been the more challenging um, part of it because it's 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 all good in my head. Um, and so that's where I'm at now is where I'm putting together. This, this program that helps people find who they are to become their own, I guess, superheroes, combat their baddies and um, go through life just shining their light, shining their, their those little drawn hearts that we were talking about before and letting other people experience who they are.
0: I like that. Why do you think so many people are afraid to really be alone with themselves and really understand who they are?
1: Um, That's a a very good question. There was a book that I read very quickly. Um, It was actually an audio book um, because I do a lot of driving. And um, it, it, it was, I've forgotten the title of it, but it was to do with boredom being that, one moment where you are truly alone and with your thoughts. Because even meditation, to some degree, you are still concentrating and focusing. Um, But in this true bored state is where you get to know yourself and there's no other influences. You get to hear your your soul speaking and that can be scary. Um, The idea that maybe what you have chosen to do with your life isn't actually what you really deep down want to do I imagine it'd be terrifying. I mean, I've certainly gone, gone through that. It's like, Oh, I've been doing this for 20 years now. What do I do? Like, can I change it? Oh, I'm too old. A zebra never changes its stripes, that sort of, um, idea. So, um, yeah, I imagine it would be terrifying.
0: And now how do you think you've changed as a person, as a whole, as a father, um you know as a new partner with someone with your business i mean obviously you've changed but how would you say how would you describe that you've changed
1: uh relaxed a lot more relaxed (laughs) yeah Yeah, certainly um oh how have i changed even um my fiance now says even the last two years i have changed so much and um i think there's just an excitement to wake up every day and even though some of the things that I'm doing are quite challenging and, and difficult to, to put together, just even on a, on, a, on a work level, that I get to now, and then this is probably the entrepreneurial side that I really like, I get to now put out in my world stuff that it really resonates with me. It resonates with my values, what I'd like, how I'd like my children to be brought up, how I'd like my family dynamic to to be. And I, I think that has really fed into the, the people uh, around me. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, 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 that weight lifted off the shoulders. Yeah, it's hard at times, but, yeah. And, um, it's just knowing that it's going in the direction that truly means something to me and those around me that just keeps that ball rolling.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. And I think, yeah, it's, it's a common theme. I just find, you know, myself and, and others when you're more of who you are and you allow that to shine, the right people come in your life and the right things come in your life. And like you said, it's, it's interesting you use the word relax because I always feel excited, but you're right. It is a feeling of kind of just calmness because you're not mm. feeling this anxiety or like pressure to, to be yeah. something you're not.
1: And I think there's a relaxed feeling in excitement. And I don't know that might sound a, a, a bit odd, but, um, the whole idea that, um, cause when we're excited about something, we don't think of that as being stressful. Um, and we, the excitement has this energy and this life force that just is radiating from you. And I, I, think maybe the the word relaxed may not be the right word but it, to me I personally feel very relaxed in those um situations and even the more nerve-wracking ones I even um even today thinking about doing my first podcast uh, with with you the I could feel the the heart racing a little bit just before we started and just sitting with that feeling and and finding it very curious to to why the body reacts in certain ways um was I'm getting certainly, certainly much better at being able to just sit there with the, the heart rest and going, huh, isn't that interesting? Um, and just being able to keep going, even though that that's happening. And I only took about two minutes for that to go away because um, you're so lovely. <laughs> but, <that's, Okay>. um, <laughs> um, but I guess, yeah, that, that's it. I don't know if I have anything else to say on top of that.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm always interested in this question because you talked about your mm-hmm. parents in the beginning uh, do you think that that foundation that they laid helped you kind of go through this process because you knew that, okay, the family is going to support where I'm at, or do you think it's more, you know, you're just discoveries on your own is what kind of led to this whole feeling of, of just being able to be confidently you.
1: Hmm. I, I think it's probably closer towards the, the second, even though we uh, had the support from, from our parents, I never certainly never ever said, no, you can't go on and, and, do that thing that you, you're in, in, interested in. I think the independence that we all had as children allowed us to realize that if we wanted to do anything, it kind of came up to us to 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 do it. It wasn't um, relying on other people. And I think that's probably been the, the strongest thing that I'd like to even in, um, put towards my children is that one, they can achieve anything that they want. Um, if their heart is certainly in them. But it's, yeah, getting help along the way. I mean, that's why I'm a coach and that's why I I go and uh, seek coaches out is because certainly I I need help uh, along the way. But it all comes back to the person and actually putting in the work. Um, And No one else can make you do something. In in the end, it has to be up to to you to want to make whatever changes um, in your life. yes (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes and yes, it's yes, not yes. always fun
0: yeah no <laughs> it's not times i
1: want somebody to fix something um, for me right. go, can't it just be easier can't somebody just do this for me um,
0: yeah but, nothing worth it is ever easy it definitely is
1: not no, no well certain. where
0: can uh people find out about you on social media or your website
1: yeah i'd suggest people travel down to um www.the Dot com, So that's my initials, Greg Van Bergen, project.com. And have a look around. I've just recently put together a, a new website that um, explores a bit more of the things that I have to offer. It's, it's got some interesting videos um, on there and I plan to do um, some more in there. And I'd also like to offer your listeners to send me a, a message on the, on the website. And I'd love to touch base with them and even... Um, offer some guidance either via video chat or or through email just to start the ball rolling for them. That would be awesome.
0: Great. I think that's great. And we'll link that up in uh, our show notes as well. One thing I ask all my guests, although you did answer it kind of earlier is what is one word or quote or mantra that you try to live by every single day?
1: Oh, um, what is it? Let me have a, a think about that. Um, I mean, there's so many. I have too many quotes. Um, I think um, another quote that I really, really like um, is, I'm going to see if I can remember this, um, that you can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole journey that way. So we can't always see the end goal, but if we know we're heading in the right direction, um, we'll always be um, knowing that we're staying true to ourselves, I guess. So that would be my um, piece of advice on that.
0: I like it. Well, thank you so much, Greg. We greatly appreciate you being on, and I look forward to seeing how you continue on your journey. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review over on iTunes. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, be sure to message me over on Instagram at carrie, K E R I dot N dot Roberts. Remember that each of us has something that makes us great. So go out there and show the world what makes you extraordinary.